Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm here with Zhao Lin Li, uh, Chief Development Officer of NanoCare. Today's topic is actually very interesting and relevant to startups. We're going to actually talk about the importance of branding to startups. So Zhao Lin, thank you again for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. So let's get to the crux of the matter. Why do you think branding is so critical to startups? Um, well, branding is critical because it just shows the world um, that what is your core value, what kind of, what is your goal as a startup and what is the core value of it? Because nowadays, whatever product that you sell, I think consumers do care about the ethics and the morale, like uh, uh, more about what kinds of impact this company is trying to make apart from just making money. So that's why branding is so critical for startups. That's an interesting point because we've seen a lot in terms of the growth of um, micro influencers and, and, and about the ethics and values of companies. When do you think that actual transition had uh, occurred, right? Um, I still remember way back when, you know, the television show Mad Men that showed advertising and branding in the 1950s was just about selling the product or the service. When do you think that transition uh, occurred? And and why do you think it actually kind of snuck up on startup founders? Yeah, I feel like maybe starting 2016, 17, I starting to see more and more new millennial brands. We call it millennial brands coming up like Casper mattresses. I mean, I mean, at the big, are someone, there are some brands that have done that very, very early on, like the Toms, they will do a lot of, Things like oh, if you buy a shoes, we donate a shoes to a pair of shoes to um, a, a nonprofit or something like that. It started very early on by lots of companies, but it was not part of the branding until very recently, which is a very good thing. Um, actually, within less than a decade, um, I am glad to see actually as a consumer myself as well that people cared about what a brand is doing. Um, there are certain brands that used to be really big. People would sacrifice their convenience to not use them just because they don't like their ethics. So that made me feel like, wow, people are actually sacrificing and they'd rather to make um, things inconvenient for themselves to not support a business. Then yeah. when and as a developer, I feel like, oh, okay, we need to really watch out for that. So two questions. Do you think it'll just continue to grow? Uh, in terms of the importance of, of brand, uh, particularly, you know, as you kind of mentioned, millennial brands. And secondly, do you see any, I think, areas where um, there could be road bumps, right? I, I, like where, where I think maybe the populations, because of the conflict in Ukraine, as an example, they're, they're more worried about the basic needs, their physical needs than anything else versus um, some of the aspirational uh, branding that we see in a lot of startups. I feel like it's going to be continually growing, mm -hmm. and because it, there are, uh, you know, people cares more and more about social justice, like, and then they're gonna continue caring about it. I don't feel like there will be a time that people will stop caring about it. I think the the our civilization is growing, but then of course. If there is something major happen, as mm -hmm. you said, like if there's a war going on, people only care about basic needs. Mm -hmm. yes. 
we actually have already seen it during COVID where mm -hmm. people, um, they feel like, for example, as just an example, some people might not support Amazon mm -hmm. and they don't want to use it. They would sacrifice, um, they, they'd rather to sacrifice and not get their, get their stuff faster than they want to mm -hmm. not support the brand. But then since COVID happens, they had to, oh, because you know, you you got laid laid off and then you don't have the income and then there's such the company that would deliver something for free and then of course you are gonna use that but would this make people care less about the the you know the value and morale of the uh, the ethics and values of a company i don't think so they mm -hmm. might compromise for a while but then once we recover just like we always do and then they're gonna still, still care about it. Interesting, yeah, that's an interesting perspective because you're basically saying it's like even during the 1950s, as an example, we always had that care in terms of ethics and morality, which I would agree with. It's just, I think we haven't necessarily crystallized it as part of, I guess, our understanding of behavioral economics, right? We've always thought of it as like, hey, if you have a basic need, it's input and output or supply and demand versus, hey, how am I doing this in a, not just for dollars and cents, but for example, good for the environment, right? Or doing it in an ethical manner. So it's interesting perspective. You kind of mentioned a couple, uh, brand, I think Tom's that, that is doing, I guess, branding really well. Are there a couple other brands that you think are doing it really well? And why do you think they're doing that, the, that type of branding really well? Mm, Tom's is the most impressive one, I think, because mm -hmm. they, I've seen them in all of their stores. They've been doing it for years and years. And then there is some other brands. Um, let me think of it. Tom's is really the first brand that I could think of. And um, NanoCare, we would do it as like an annual thing. So like mm -hmm. every year we donate to... Um, a nonprofit for period equity. And I could see that a few of other uh, competitors of us. Uh, and actually, I don't consider them competitors per se. I just feel like it's good that they have more options for female to choose what product they want instead of always only that one or two products on the market. So mm -hmm. yeah, lots of the other um, femcare company, they are doing that really well as well. Um, so um, I am... I just feel like I think Casper Mattress is doing that too. And just, uh, uh, I, I think it's really become like a thing. Um, even though some people might say that, oh, this could become like a gimmick or like a, you just do it for the marketing. You don't actually care or you don't care about the funds that you're donating to. What are they actually doing? Is it actually helping? They don't, but... The thing is, so I think the trend itself is good, no matter what mm -hmm. is the reason behind it, because it brings the awareness and that people used to not know about, oh, I didn't know that there are girls that could not afford period product or that, oh, I did not know it's such a big deal that they have to keep spending money on this that they may not been able to afford. So. I think it's always a good thing. And to answer your question, sorry, I got like around a little bit. That's <laughs> all good. I think you were partially answering the question. my favorite, yeah. yeah. Excellent, well, that's good to hear. I mean, you kind of you, you hit the nail on the head uh, and you kind of brought it up. It, it sounds like it's a lot about the consistency, right? That you do, it, it, even though you may not necessarily, especially for a startup, be able to do 
something that is um, environmentally friendly or part of your social compact on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and not regular basis, on a, on a daily basis, you should do it as part of your, you know, general uh, operations. So with NanoCare as an example, you guys do it once a month, once a year, right? Whereas Tom's can do it with every purchase, but again, that's a different scale. But you would say, I, I think what you're arguing is that that consistency is critical, right? It can't just be equivalent to greenwashing that we've seen some companies do where, hey, this is good marketing campaign, but doesn't really apply to our core values and ethics and operations. Would that be a valid statement? Yes. Perfect. So let's take a look. I mean, you're a a, uh, chief development officer for a startup. Where do you think startup founders, particularly since they're being pulled in so many different directions, how do they prioritize branding? Where should, like, is it a number one um, priority? Is it a number two? Is it like, is it just as important as product market fit? Where do you see branding for startup founders? Um, the biggest priority is definitely um, the sustainability of the company. Mm-hmm. So, no matter, so like, so to be plain and simple is what brings you money to be able yeah. to keep the company going. That is definitely always, always the priority because no, we can throw a big charity event, but if that's not going to bring you income to support your company, your company could be gone the next day. So mm-hmm. everything you did would just, just nothing, right? And so, so that's not going to be sustainable. So that's the priority. But then always, while we trying to um, uh, obtain income to keep the company going, also um, never do like always not try to not forget the core, mm-hmm. meaning that do not sacrifice the core value um, uh, of the company for income try to think creatively, think out of the box, how to get your branding, uh, you know, remain your brand and remain mm-hmm. brand um, impression, remain your brand, a core value, and then also raise awareness around it within, within a limited budget. That makes sense. I mean, what you're basically saying is like, don't sacrifice the long-term vision for short-term gain, right? Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a typical tension for, for a startup founders. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Are there any, I guess, I don't want to be very tactical when I make this statement, but, you know, particularly to your earlier point in terms of like that long-term vision, they may, startup founders, they may have a, a great sense in terms of where their product or service fit, et cetera. Where can startup founders kind of look for that inspiration related to their, their brand? Do you think it's something that's within themselves, something that they talk with their core team? Mm-hmm. Or is the external forces or all of the above? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I think all of the above. So let let me uh, use NanoCare as an example to see mm-hmm. how we did it. So before we even uh, before we started developing our brand, we look for look at all the other feminine care brand that provide similar products um, for the same. Um, uh, for the same needs and then see how are they doing, what we like and not like, what are they lacking, uh, what do they have in common, right? And then a CPG product specifically is 
not just online and also in store. We go to like 20 stores and look at all of their sections. What's lacking mm -hmm. in the store, right? So that's always going to be part of it is look for our competitors. Mm -hmm. and how do they do it? And also look for brands with the same audience. They may not sell the same kind of product, but they might be beauty products. It could be um, uh, like healthcare, vitamin supplements. Um, it could be related just, but if their audience is the similar audience as your brands, look at them and see why their audience likes them. Mm -hmm. And also find out the comments. What do they have in comments and what are they lacking? Then make a summary, like make a list of summaries, you know, you know, pros and cons, what's good, what's not, and what has been there for a long time, what is new, and also trying to find a thing that you could learn, but also don't always not forget to differentiate your brand from the other ones. Mm -hmm. what, what is something that nobody else is doing? Is there a way that we can incorporate that? So that is a lot. That is the kind of, um, that's how we, you know, locate our branding and like set, set up our brand. Interesting. I think that's good advice in terms of holistically looking at all the, the various inputs, uh, both external to the startup as well as internal. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, the last question, I, you know this, I always like to leave the last uh, answer to our guests, but any last words or advice to startup founders related to branding and, and how to brand um, not only a startup, maybe themselves or their product or service? Yeah, and I think the most important thing is always to think out of the box. Um, I know that when we go look at branding, when we look at marketing, it's always be like, oh, we need so much money, right? We need all the money to do the events. We need all the money to do this and do that. But trying to think of a creative approach to help you to do it within the budget. Not that we don't want to pay people, but it's really just a fact and a reality that startups don't have a lot of budgets. Yeah. Investors also don't like seeing you just throw money away. Mm -hmm. So so that's how we have to keep uh, in, in the long term, if we want to actually achieve what the, the kinds of impact we want to achieve, we have to be realistic. And that is always, we, there are lots of like um, temptation when we see all the big brands or uh, that's doing, it's like, oh, that looks so cool. I want to do that. I want to throw it festival i want to throw mm -hmm. a pop-up store but we always have to focus on what we can do now and then think around it just an example how uh, in nanocare too is that um, when we approach to events that we want to be featured and sponsored in um, uh, it's always going to be hey here's the sponsor deck here's five thousand dollars to start uh, ten thousand dollars to be featured and give back da 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 yep. da so how do we, how are we able to do that? You approach them with a solution that they never think of they could do. For mm -hmm. example, what if I have this product sitting in the bathroom um, just for free? We'll have a team member in your event to fulfill it for you. So mm -hmm. ladies who need it right there at the spot can try it there. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then a lot of events would like it they will be like, oh, I never think of that. And then this thing that we do become like 
become like a, a new idea for everybody. And then we started to see everybody copying it. They were putting <laughs> on lotions, hand lotions, toothpaste samples, and this and that in the bathroom. So like, that's the kind of creativity that I would suggest everybody to try to think of. In an event, it's not just about exploring your brand, right? It's about yeah. people trying your product. That's what you try. We want to get people to do. So just try to think of more ways where people can try your products. So that is uh, my advice. Perfect. I think it's sound advice. I think it's uh, you get that community and you get that brand reinforcement by by getting people to try it, particularly people who have never tried it before. So 100% agree with you. Uh, Zalin, thank you again for joining the podcast and look forward to uh, future sessions. Thanks for having me.